Find in your Bible with me this morning one of the most uh, popular, best-known scriptures in all of the Bible, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and hold your place there for just a minute. We're going to start this morning with a message series I'm calling Don't Be Afraid, and we're asking and answering the question, what's God's greatest promise? Because the series says, don't be afraid how God strengthens your faith through his greatest promise, through God's greatest promise. Uh, And then this series, each installment builds on the previous installment. You'll you'll see what I mean as we go forward. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what God's greatest promise is. It's it's mentioned several, all, all throughout scripture, really front to back, all the way through. God reminds us of his greatest promise. He is with us. He is with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is always with us. If you were here last week or you're watching online, you know that we uh, looked into another familiar passage of Scripture for Christians, Matthew chapter 28. We call it the Great Commission where Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, commissions his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples for Christ, win people to Christ and teach them all that he commanded. And that passage ends with Jesus saying, and remember, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Remember, Jesus says, I am with you always, over and over and over and over in the Bible. God says, I'm with you. I haven't left you. I will not forsake you. I am always with you. 2022 at the front end, we we definitely have some anxieties and concerns. Maybe you are at a stage or a place in your life, something's happening in your life, And you're afraid. You're afraid of what tomorrow might bring. Or you just watch the news and you turn it off with anxiety. Because certainly, I don't know if you're like me, I don't know that we've ever been in a situation like this. At least not in my lifetime. And we look out on 2022 and we wonder what in the world is happening. What's happening in our world? What's happening in our culture? Uh, And two places are hot spots in the world right now where quite likely war is about to break out. Uh, Islamic terrorism is on the rise in the Middle East more so than it's been in the last four or five years. Uh, On and on it goes. And of course, there's COVID. Wake up tomorrow, it's mutated again. Wake up tomorrow, there'll be new rules and regulations. Uh, I read this morning uh, where one state is now calling back the the same healthcare workers they sent away and fired. They're calling them back to work, listen, whether they have COVID or not. Kind of gives you the impression that our leaders don't really know what to do. And that's a little bit disconcerting, isn't it? But God knows what to do. God is in control. God is in charge. God is not surprised. And as we will see, God says over and over in his scripture, do not be afraid. Why? I am with you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. God's greatest promise is that he is with you us all the time. When we pick the graphics, you're looking at it there on the screen, that represent the message series. I really like this graphic, uh, and Christy put that together for for us. I came in this morning to do my sound check at 10.30, came in a little before 10.30, and the praise team was up here practicing and running through the songs, and when they do that, the IT folks have the lyrics to what they're singing on the screen as, we're, as they're going through that. And I paused and I looked at it 
And I saw imposed over, don't be afraid, over the screen where, where there's newspaper articles, there's a representation of articles that say depression and war and stress and fear, all of that, and superimposed on that are the lyrics, my hope is in you. My hope is in you. My God is great. That's what this series is about. When you look out on the world, you read the newspaper, you watch the news, it's easy to be afraid. Don't do that. Remember that God is with you. You don't need to be afraid. That's what this message series is all about. That theme of God's promise of his presence is the reason you do not need to be afraid. It's not just an empty promise in Scripture. It's not just a promise hanging out there somewhere. Or God says, don't be afraid. He tells you, don't be afraid. He connects it directly to his presence in your life. You do not need to be afraid because God is with you. Because God is with you. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve enjoyed the physical presence of God. The Bible says he came walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they would meet him there. And they became... Uh, accustomed to that and then they sinned they rebelled a bit against God they did exactly what God told them not to do and God caught them in that and they were evicted from the garden of Eden that's when we learn the significance of this promise see when God evicted his first family from the garden of Eden it would have been so easy for God to say you are on your own look at that sin in your life look at what you did you disobeyed me you did exactly what I told you not to do. I loved you. I gave you everything. I gave you a pristine, perfect creation to cultivate, to partner with me, to be part of the management of that creation. And you did exactly what I told you to do. There is sin now in your life. And the Bible teaches immediately God cannot allow sin into his presence. And he evicted Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. And you would think right then he would say, you're on your own. Because we think that's what he says for us. We're a mess a mess often we have made on our own. We messed up. And we would think God would say, get out of me, get out of my face, get away from me. You're on your own. But that's not what he says at all. That's not what he says at all. What we hear over and over in Scripture is, trust me, I am with you. I am with you always. And we look outside on the world. Look at the world around us and we think, wow, if this world is any indication, where is God? Where is God? So he reminds us, I'm with you. I haven't left. I'm not surprised by this. You're not alone in all this. And he adds to that. He weds to that. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I am with you. From front to back, from Eden to Revelation, we're constantly reminded. Uh, the Israelites carried the, the Ark of the Covenant as a constant reminder that God was with them. The Philistines took the Ark and they were terrified by what happened in their midst because they knew God now was angry with them. They gave the ark back. The tabernacle, God with them. The temple, God with them. Then Jesus Christ himself comes. And we're told in the Christmas story, he is called Emmanuel. God with us. He's never left us. Never forsaken us. Always walks with us. Always there for us when we trust him. Even when Jesus was crucified and rose from the grave, before he departed, he told his apostles, he told them, I am not leaving you as orphans. I'm not leaving you alone. Another counselor will come. The Holy Spirit of God will come and he will never leave you. He will always be with you and teach you everything, remind you of everything 
that I have told. It's the constant promise of God throughout the Bible. The promise of his presence is the reason we do not need to be afraid. This morning we're going to pick up in Psalm 23 and use this as a foundation for this short series. And here's what I mean. Psalm 23, as we'll see in a moment, lays a foundation for our understanding of how the presence of God means we do not need to be afraid. Then the next four Sundays, we're going to build on that foundation. You can look at it like this. We're going to build four walls on that foundation, four strong walls, laying the groundwork here, building on it the next four Sundays. So these, this series, these installments go together in that fashion. But you'll recognize in the next four Sundays that we're going back to each of uh, the, the parts that we're looking at this morning as well. So look with me at Psalm chapter 23. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Many of you, like me, have heard it and maybe memorized this psalm in the King's James version of the Bible. Let that echo in your mind, that's fine, but I'm, I'm reading it in the Christian Standard Bible this morning. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. This psalm was written by King David before he was king. Uh, because David grew up as a shepherd. He was the youngest of his father's eight sons. And as the youngest of the eight sons, he was assigned the messiest job. Because being a shepherd was a smelly, messy, dirty job. It was not, any, it was not one that anybody aspired to. And King David, later King David, would actually take some of his shepherding skills and apply them to being king. But at, at the point in his life that he wrote this psalm, most likely he was a young man, even a boy. And uh, I want to picture it this way. I like to think of him as sitting on the hillside in Judea and he's looking out over his dad's flock that he's responsible for. And suddenly it triggers in his mind this thought. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That opening phrase, that opening line says far more than we often realize. And it's the reminder of that promise of God's presence. Here what I'm, here's what I mean. The word translated Lord for the name of God is the name that God gave himself when he appeared to Moses at the burning bush. It, it, it quite literally just means I am. It's the great name of God. In a lot of your Bibles, it's all capitalized for that reason. L-O-R-D, all caps. That's how it appears in many of our translations to remind us this is the name God gave himself at Mount Sinai. It's the covenant name of God. It's the, it's the reminder of the greatness of God, the power of God. It's the reminder that God came to us and permits us to call him Lord. David says that Lord, the covenant God, the God of Israel, the Lord is my shepherd. The Israelites thought of God as the nation's shepherd. Because all throughout Scripture, and even in ancient times, one of God's favorite images of himself is as a shepherd. And you'll, in John chapter 10, Jesus referred to himself as the good shepherd. God likes that image of himself, and, and we're learning why today, as in many other places in Scripture. 
But David says something a little bit radical, being a Hebrew of his time. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my personal shepherd. Sure, he's the nation's shepherd, the nation's protector, but he is my shepherd, personally. And no doubt, when he looked out on the flock, he thought, you know what? I've got a flock of sheep down there, but I treat each one individually. And as Jesus would say of himself later on, if just one wanders off, the shepherd goes after that one. The 99 are safe of out of 100, but that one wanders off. The shepherd goes after that one. I heard someone say not long ago, who cares if the shepherd goes after the one? The one does. Yeah. So David looks at the flock and he says, just in the same way that each of those sheep are mine. I, I belong, they belong to me. I'm responsible for each one. The Lord is my shepherd. He cares about the whole flock as a flock, but he cares about me personally. And he is my shepherd. The shepherd in the ancient world was everything to the sheep. Everything to the sheep. He lived with the sheep. The reason it was such a, a unadmirable job that people didn't want is because the shepherd really didn't get to come inside very often. And he wasn't supposed to worship with other people when they came to worship. He was Dirty, he was smelly, he literally lived with the sheep, slept with the sheep, fed the sheep. He was responsible for those sheep as long as they were in the field. You may remember in 1 Samuel chapter 16 in the Old Testament, God sends the prophet Samuel looking for the next king who will replace King Saul. Maybe you don't know that story, but that's okay. Because what I'm leading up to is God sends the prophet Samuel to the house of a man named Jesse, and Jesse has eight sons. And he says, one of these sons is going to be the next king of Israel. And he calls each son forward in order of age. And each time they step up, God says to the prophet Samuel, that's not the one. I've rejected him. Send him away. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All seven men standing there. And Samuel's thinking, certainly one of these should be the next king. They're all very capable. In fact, they're pretty tall. They're strong. They're good looking. What's wrong with these guys? God says, they're not the man. So he turns to the father, Jesse. He says, have you got any other sons? You got any more out there? He says, well, yeah, I've got one, the youngest. He's out tending the sheep. Well, call him in, Samuel says. In fact, we're not even, even going to eat the evening meal till he comes in, which tells you they were getting ready to eat without David. So David comes in. He gets anointed to be the next king. And, and this is me elaborating just a little bit, looks at his watch and says, i got to get back to the field. My job right now, whatever it is in the future, my job right now is to take care of the sheep. And off he goes because the next time we see him, they're looking for him again. And where is he? He's taking care of the sheep. And that's what he thought when he thought, the Lord is my shepherd. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Never. Now, for the next few minutes, I want to break this down just a bit. And let's look at those four walls. Let's look at four ways the promise of God's presence means you do not need to be afraid. You do not need to be afraid. First of all, you do not need to be afraid because God sustains you. God sustains you. God provides for you. God takes care of your needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need, David says. I have what I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside quiet waters. 
He takes care of my needs. Maybe in 2022, you're wondering, where's your money going to come from? Where's your job going to come from? How, what's tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow? Maybe you're concerned. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're afraid. Well, God sustains you. Follow him. He is your shepherd. Do not be afraid. He will take care of you. The Lord Jesus would tell the disciples, and he reminds us, it echoes throughout the scriptures and throughout the ages. Do not worry about tomorrow, Jesus says. Tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own. Let God worry about that. Instead, he says, trust God. Put all your trust and faith in him. And watch him provide for you. The first reason you do not need to be afraid, even if you're concerned about your basic needs today, God sustains you. God takes care of you. God provides for you. Second, you do not need to be afraid. God's presence proves it. God leads you. God leads you. Do you know one of the number one fears human beings have from the time they become adults till the time they retire or finish their career? One of the number one fears, one of the number one things that makes human beings anxious, the future. And even after we retire and even after we get seasoned, some of you in here are seasoned, I know. Even after that time comes, you still wonder, what's tomorrow going to bring? Do I have a future? Is there a plan for me? The shepherd leads you. The shepherd leads you. You don't need to be afraid. God knows exactly what's coming tomorrow. Verse 3, he leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Uh, the whole passage of Psalm 23 entertains a journey with the sheep. Uh, the shepherd's job is not just to keep them in place. His job is to take care of them, to lead them from pasture to pasture, and lead them forward. You don't drive sheep, you lead them. You have to be out in front of them. Unlike cattle or horses, other livestock, you can't drive them, you've got to lead them. And they will follow you. The Lord Jesus uses this analogy himself when he talks about himself as the shepherd. He says the sheep hear his name when he calls to them, and they come. They follow him. We don't need to be afraid because God knows the future. God is leading us. He's leading us forward in the direction that he wants us to go and into the fields that he has next for us. The King James Version translates this, the paths of righteousness. We read it more literally this morning, the right paths or uh, the straight paths. Uh, the, the idea is they are not crooked paths. And the image David has is, is in the Judean wilderness, there are paths they would follow, and the shepherd knows which ones go straight to the destination. But there's also a moral attribute to this, that when you follow Christ and you trust him, you do what's right. You do the right thing. And the opposite of that is that we make crooked paths when we go off on our own. When we think we're going to do our own thing, when we listen to the voice in our head, when we listen to our ambition, ambitions and we, we want to do what we want to do, we drift off in other directions. We take crooked paths. But the shepherd has an itinerary and the shepherd has a journey and the shepherd has a destination and the shepherd knows how to get there and he knows the right paths and the straight paths if you will follow him and trust him. And the shepherd never leaves you while you're on the way. You don't need to be afraid. He knows what tomorrow brings. He's not surprised by 2022. He knows what tomorrow brings. Now that leads us to the third reason you do not need to be afraid. And the promise of God's presence means you do not need to be afraid. God protects you. God protects you. 
Now, there's something here that's a little unsettling. See, we tend to think when we say God protects us that we will never undergo any harm. We will never have a dark place in our life, never have a medical issue, never have financial problems, that God protects us and may even protect us from ourselves if we make decisions we shouldn't make. But here David illustrates what we can expect from God's protection. It's true to say God protects us. It means that God helps us. It means that God never leaves us under any circumstances ever He is not absent from those who trust him. Even though, David says, we walk through the darkest valley. The darkest valley. The King James Version translated this even more literally. It is the valley of the shadow of death. That's the more literal translation of it. He said, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Now notice, David acknowledges, I'm going to be in dark valleys. Dark valleys. Dark places. He doesn't say, I expect God to protect me from anything bad in my life. He says, when things do happen, God never leaves me. I have no reason to fear, for you are with me through that valley. Now, quite likely as a shepherd, this is the image David had in mind. In the ancient world, there are uh, short valleys. There aren't aren't deep, deep valleys. Don't, Don't think the Grand Canyon. Think a short valley, but it's a creviced valley. In the ancient world, they call them wadis. And there are places when water rushes down from the mountain, they rush into the wadi and they, and they run out quickly into the desert. They're actually dangerous places to be caught in when there's a flash flood in the ancient world and even today. But a shepherd, in order to get from one place to another, would often have to lead his flock through that valley, through that wadi. He'd have to re- lead them through there. Well, predators knew this. Animals preying on the sheep would often hide in the crevices and the corners of the rocks inside the valley. And what they would do is they would wait until shadows started to converge inside the valley to darken the valley. Then the predators would hear those sheep coming because sheep are not quiet. And God bless you, I love you, but sheep stink. So they could smell the sheep coming, they could hear the sheep coming, and the shepherds in front leading And that's the time the predator was waiting on. And David says, I know you are with me. And your rod and your staff comfort me. God, I know that you're prepared for any eventuality. I know that you are prepared for anything that might happen in my life. For anything that preys upon me. For any difficulty, any heartache, any trial or struggle. God, I know. You're prepared. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod was a weapon the shepherd carried. And as we know from the story of David and Goliath, David was very good with his weapons. He had that slingshot and those rocks, but he carried that rod as well. And if an animal attacked the sheep, he knew how to use it. And he was brave enough to do it. He told King Saul before he took on Goliath, he said, I fought the lion and the bear, and I, and I won. I'm standing here, aren't I? He knew what he was doing. The staff is what you see in pictures. It was the shepherd's staff with the crook on the end. Because sheep have a tendency not to know what's good for them. And they have a tendency to wander off in the wrong direction. And so the shepherd doesn't have to leave everybody else in the valley. He'll take that staff and with that crook and he reaches out and he grabs that sheep and pulls them back in. Isn't it comforting to go, listen, Isn't it comforting to know, first of all, that God fights for you? God fights for you, and he is prepared.
to go to battle for you. There is no darkness and no danger in this life that he cannot defeat on your behalf. He protects you. He doesn't promise you'll never have darkness or danger, but he walks with you and he fights on your behalf. And when you wander away, he's ready to reel you back in. If you'll trust him, he's ready to reel you back in, to get you back on course. Don't be afraid. The promise of God's presence means that God protects you. God cares for you. He sustains you. He provides for you. He leads you forward. And sometimes leading you forward means his agenda includes a valley, but his, his objective is to get you on the other side of that valley, the other side of that difficulty and that trial and that struggle. I spoke with a friend this week who's facing surgery uh, after a car accident. And we talked together, we prayed together, uh, and she had an interesting experience. I don't, and by the way, I don't have her permission to share this story. <laughs> uh, usually if I share a story with somebody in it, I'll ask permission. So uh, if, if anybody calls the church office and, and they're like, you know, why'd you share that story? Uh, transfer all calls to 1-800-MIKE-BORTON. Okay? But she's facing surgery and, and, and concerned about it. We prayed together. Something interesting happened, though. When she went to the surgeon's office to talk about the surgery, and it's a very complicated surgery, the surgeon himself was, well, I, you know, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. He was kind of struggling with it. And suddenly, while she was there, the nurse popped her head in and said, Dr. So-and-so's here. And the surgeon said, excuse me, and he stepped out. In about three seconds, Dr. So-and-so stepped in and said, I can do that surgery. Now, my friend said that that surgeon wasn't even supposed to be there today. Uh, that he was dressed as if he'd been working in his yard. He wasn't dressed in scrubs. He wasn't dressed for doctor's visit. He happened to just drop by the office. He happened to drop by at the right time. In the right moment, isn't God's timing perfect? And he stepped in and said, I can do that. Let's do it Wednesday. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, he's with me. He knows what's up ahead. Sometimes getting there means I've got to go through a valley. But that's God's agenda. And he will not leave me. He will not forsake me. Then last, the promise of God's presence means you do not need to be afraid because God loves you. God loves you. God shows mercy. God shows grace. God reminds us constantly that he loves us. As David puts it, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. I will be in the presence of God. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Because God never leaves me. He pursues me. His love and his mercy compel him to come after me. If I get off track, I'm going to feel that shepherd's staff on my neck pulling me back in, not because he's punishing me, but because he loves me that much. God loves you. And why does this matter? Well, it matters because sometimes, probably like Adam and Eve, we mess up so badly, we get so far out of line, we wonder, does God still love me? Does God still love me? Would God want me back? Would God accept me if I said, God, forgive me? Does God still love me? Yes. Yes, God loves you. You don't need to be afraid that God will abandon you. You don't need to be afraid that God's forgotten about you. And maybe you're going through the hardest, most frightening time of your life right now. 
Or maybe the blank slate of 2022 frightens you. And you wonder, God, where are you? Well, here's your answer. He's right there with you. He's right there with you. He's never left you. He always loves you. He leads you. He provides for you. He cares for you and he protects you. If you will trust him. Think of it this way. Uh, the sun, when you think of the sun outside, the, above the earth, you think of light, right? Our, our, we get our light from the sun because what does the sun do? The sun shines. The sun does one thing all the time. The sun shines. Even when you can't see the sun shining, the earth rotates, it's darkness on our side, what's the sun doing on the other side of the earth? Shining. The sun shines. It provides light. It doesn't do anything else, and that's what it does all the time. When you think of God, remember this. God loves you all the time, no matter what. Listen, even when you can't see it. He hasn't stopped loving you. Not one time, ever, did God stop loving you. And he won't. In fact, as David says, he is compelled to pursue you with that love. And by his grace, he sets a permanent table with you. If you will trust him for your salvation, you have a permanent home in heaven. If you'll trust him, because he loves you. And here's the, here's the thing that I just, for myself, I'm, I'm always just pausing saying, God, it's just hard for me to believe. I'm so thankful your word teaches it. But wow, he loves me and you so much. He would rather send his son to die for us than to live without us. Let that sink in. That's how much he loves you. And his presence proves it. You don't need to be afraid that God's going to pull back and stop loving you, stop being with you, stop caring about you. God loves you. He loves you that much. As we start 2021, I want to challenge you, believers in Christ especially, I want to challenge you to remember this promise. The promise of God's presence means you do not need to be afraid. And you say, well, Pastor Bob, I'm anxious. I'm afraid. I'm worried about what comes next. I'm worried about this week, next week, next month. I'm worried about tomorrow. God acknowledges our worry. Over and over, God acknowledges our worry. And he tells us what to do with it. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving. Give those requests to God. Carry your prayers to God, your anxiety to God on prayers, and do it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Thank God that he's with you. Thank God that he never leaves you. Thank God that he knows what's up ahead. Thank God that he has all this under control. And when you're afraid and when you're anxious and when you're worried, just give that to him. And praise God for being there with you. And he'll do it. Believer, he'll do it. Now, maybe you're in this room or at home and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You know you're walking through this life without God's guidance because you're not trusting Him, without His provision because you're not trusting Him. God still takes care of you in a lot of ways because He lets the world keep working for you, whether you've ever trusted Him as your Savior. But the problem is you can't say God has set a table for me in His presence. God has a permanent place for me in heaven. God is always with me because you need to trust him as your savior. And if you're in here or at home and you've never given your life to Christ, I'm going to pray with you in just a moment to help you do that. It's a very simple prayer. And ask Christ to come into our lives. And you're doing that by faith. I can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. Your friends can't do it for you. This is your personal decision. This is where you say, Lord, will you be my shepherd? 
and you trust Christ as your Lord and your Savior. So I'm going to pray for us as believers here and at home, and then I'm going to pray for you that may want to trust Christ as your Savior this morning. And I encourage you to do just that. Our Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the promise of your presence. The reminder, Father, we have no need to be afraid, no reason to be afraid. Sometimes we feel afraid, sometimes we feel anxious, but that doesn't mean you've gone anywhere. That doesn't mean you're not still leading us or providing for us or protecting us, fighting for us. God, we thank you for that. So for believers in this room, God, for all of us, we cast our cares and our burdens on you. We cast our worries on you, our anxiety on you today, God. We give that to you. We're reminded that in the cross, you took all that. You promised us, God, that you'd be with us. So God, we cast that anxiety, that burden on you. And then God, we also acknowledge that you are with us and we trust you for tomorrow, God. We trust you for 2022. We trust you to take care of us, to guide us, to be with us, God, to heal us when we're sick, to to help us find work and and the resources that we need and to provide for us. We trust you, God, today. And Father, for all of us, I, I pray for those prayers that are heavy on our hearts, whatever they might be. We give that to you today. Help us, God, to trust you again. Help us to remember we do not need to be afraid because you are always with us. Father, I pray for that one in the room or at home, God, that today realizes they need to trust Christ as their Savior, that in this moment they would say, I want the Lord to be my shepherd. I want to trust God with my life, my salvation, my forgiveness. I believe Christ died on the cross for me. So with them, God, I pray this prayer and I pray for them to pray it in their hearts, God, to trust Christ today. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know I can't save myself. And I realize, God, that I've been trying to go my own way, make my own path, do my own thing. And I'm ignoring you. I've turned my back on you. And God, I know that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I can't save myself. And God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And he's alive today. And his promise is real that you're with me right now. So, dear Jesus, come into my heart, into my life. I trust you as my Savior. Forgive me of my sin and give me a home in heaven. Be my shepherd today. For all of us, I pray, God, that we would follow through in fresh commitments, God. That 2022 would be different, Father, because we have decided, refreshed, renewed, or maybe for the first time decided to follow Christ, to believe you, God, that you care for us and we do not need to be afraid. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray.